NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move made. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and happy to have you with us again as we do yet another show. This is today's show is for Tuesday, May 4th. And this is like our ninth show in a row. So I hope you are enjoying the draft coverage as much as I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And on today's show, we have a brand new guest, first time guest on the program, who um, is the host of the Lockdown Gators podcast and who is also a Giants fan. So he's going to know a lot about what the Giants did and he'll be able to add his you know, expertise to what they did in the draft. His name is Brandon Olson. Again, he's the host of the Locked On Gators podcast. And Brandon, happy to have you with us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, always glad to talk college ball with you guys. Uh, As I've been telling my listeners, um, all, all leading up to the draft, I said to check you guys out because you guys do a great job with covering college sports. And Brandon, I think we've got to start there. You know, since you are the host of Locked On Gators, you are uh, familiar with with one Kadarius Tony. What can you tell us about Kadarius Tony from having watched him and covered him in college? Uh, I absolutely love Kadarius Tony and his game. He's just one of the most dynamic playmakers with the ball in his hands that I've ever really seen. I- I've said it frequently. He makes moves that hurts my knees. He is just so freaky with the ball in his hands. And honestly, I know that uh, Giants fans have been like, oh, is Jason Garrett going to use him properly? I have no problem thinking about that. I think Tony will be used properly. I think he's going to be productive in this offense. And I love the pick. Now, I have seen, and I, I suspect this is not correct, but I have seen some people refer to Kadarius Tony as a gadget player. I know he's he's a relatively new receiver. I think he's played the position three and a half years. Before that, he was kind of dabbling a, a little bit as a running back, receiver, return specialist. So I don't know necessarily if the term gadget player fits him or is the most accurate description. But tell us about some of the ways that maybe he was deployed as a gadget player down in Florida and, and what kind of success he had in those uh, in that regard. Yeah, you mentioned that he's only been playing receiver for a couple of years. Before that, he was a quarterback. Uh, so he's still very new to the position. He's improved a ton as a route runner. He was pretty strictly a gadget his first couple of years at Florida, um, mainly because his route running wasn't refined enough for him to get open. But this year, he really broke out as a receiver. Uh, I like to use the term for him offensive weapon because he can line up out wide. He can line up in the slot. And he has lined up in the backfield similar to how we used to see guys like uh, 
forgive the Florida reference, like Percy Harvin used, how we've seen early Tyreek Hill used when he would come into the backfield. So I liken Kadarius Tony to Randall Cobb to where he's going to play probably primarily in the slot. He'll be able to move around a bit, be used on sweeps and end arounds and these little trick plays every now and then. But make no mistake, he's a primary receiver. He is not just a gadget guy. And I think that's where that's where things go kind of astray because we tend to ca- say gadget as guys who like they need manufactured touches. I don't think Kadarius Tony is that kind of guy at all. I think he is very talented as a receiver and a very capable wide receiver at the next level. Is he more of a slot guy or can he work on the outside? I think he can work on the outside, but he's definitely at his best in the slot. Okay. And um, he's, uh, what, six foot one, is it? Or is he five, six foot? I forget the height off the top of my head, but he's a pretty big guy, right? Yeah, he's a, uh, he, he's decent height, but he's pretty thickly built. Uh, so I'm not worried about him, his usage, wherever he's lined up. I'm totally confident that he'll be able to find some success there. No, the reason why I mentioned that is because, you know, the slot receivers, usually you think of a smaller guy in the slot, especially at the NFL, and those guys sometimes get knocked around. I mean, one of the problems the Giants have had with Sterling Shepard when he played in the slot is, you know, some injuries. So obviously the bigger and sturdier the guy, hopefully the fewer injuries one will have to deal with. That's that's what I was kind of getting at there. Oh yeah, um, I will say that we have seen Kadarius deal with some injuries during his time at Florida, uh, particularly a shoulder injury. But that was a while ago. He seems to be moving much better, and he was able to hold up with the heaviest workload he's ever taken this year. Uh, so durability has some people have listed as a concern, but it's been quite some time since he's been injured and really missed time because of it. So it's one of those things where not a huge, and he also important to note, he played through those injuries. So a lot of his 2019 season, he wasn't productive because he was playing through injury. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, you know, certainly something to take into consideration, but, you know, certainly a guy who on tape just looks like he can, he can break ankles of defenders. I mean, just, just very shifty as a runner, um, a guy who is not afraid to work over the middle of the field. Um, what else can you tell us about him? What, where does he need to maybe continue refining his game other than learning the, the nuances of, of the position? Route running is something that while it's much improved, he still needs to improve there. That's something that it's not a huge concern for me, but it's something that, you know, he, he can definitely stand for some improvement there. Uh, working and being physical at the catch point is something that he hasn't really been asked to do much. And when he has been asked to do, it wasn't super successful for him. So he's fine fighting through contact, but when the ball is in the air, he needs to be a little bit more aggressive at that point and contested catch situations, which the Florida offense uh, kind of put him out in space a lot. So he didn't have that issue, but at the NFL, of course, it's going to be much more difficult to just be put in space than it is in college. So he's got to get a little bit more physical. He's got to work on his route running. One thing that he does very well for someone who's so new to the position is find soft spots in zone coverages, which is, that's one of the things that impressed me a ton. You could really see it. If you watch uh, Florida versus LSU, he kind of started really cooking and just finding a soft spot in their zone, catching it and picking them apart. 
Yeah, and that's something Sterling Shepard has been known to do. But Sterling Shepard, as I mentioned, getting up there and, you know, I could see a time where maybe Kadarius Tony might replace Sterling Shepard as the full-time slot receiver for the New York Giants. Um, before we take a break, Brandon, what if you had to kind of anticipate the best use of Kadarius Tony as a rookie, what types of uh, scenarios or, or, you know, roles might you expect him to play as a rookie um, coming out of college? Well, I'm expecting to go more for wide receiver sets. So two slots. And I think Kadarius would then be the other slot, the occasional outside. Um, I could see him taking some snaps in the backfield, just given that I am not super confident in our running back room right now. So I do think that when they were like, hey, we're getting Kadarius Sony, we have pretty good receivers right now, but we can use him in multiple ways. And I 100% expect him to contribute on special teams. And I think that's one of the reasons that we got him so early is because Joe Judge, of course, used to be a special teams coach. And now he's got someone who can contribute passing game, running game and special teams. Folks, you're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the Giants draft with Brandon, who is also, by the way, a Giants fan. He follows the team, so he knows the team probably just as well as I do. So stay with us. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet Online also covers awards. TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just do a search for the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Brandon Olson, who is the host of the Locked On Gators program. And uh, in addition to covering the Locked On Gators uh, podcast, Brandon is also a Giants fan. He knows the team. You know, I think you're from New York, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, you know the team as well as as uh, 
anybody out there, including myself. So uh, with that said, it's nice to to talk to someone who who also has, um, you know, that knowledge of the team. No offense to the other hosts that have come on, but some of them aren't weren't familiar with the, the, the various needs. But Brendan, let me start off by asking you what you thought about the Giants draft and Trader Dave. How about that? I mean, did you ever think you would see that? No, uh, we were on a live stream and it happened and I was floored when we traded back. And then just, I'll tell you, I was so excited and surprised when we took Kadarius Tony. I started screaming on the live stream. I was so excited. I was just, it was bizarre for me because uh, I've been very rough on these Giants draft classes the past couple of years. So to have one where I was like, wow, I love this. It's just, it's a new feeling for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I absolutely love what Dave did. I mean, he's got three extra picks and you figure the Chicago bears are going to have a rookie quarterback. They're going to probably, I think they just cut their veteran left tackle in favor of a rookie left tackle. There's a real possibility that the giants could have a top 10 pick next year, depending on how the Bears season goes. Yeah. They just cut Charles Leno and they're st- also, they're starting Tevin Jenkins at left tackle. He's played a right tackle at Oklahoma State, so he's also switching sides. So I am very happy with the moves that the Bears are making. So am I, and and it's going to be interesting because I think the way this sets things up for the Giants is that now should knock and we'll knock on wood because obviously we don't want this to happen. But if Daniel Jones doesn't take that step forward, and I think he will, by the way, I just want to put that out there but if he doesn't now the Giants are in a great position to if they need to get a a quarterback they should be able to trade up to get one Um, if not a quarterback I think next year's draft class I I heard early word is the edge rusher class is going to be a lot deeper so uh, they can always add there they can add offensive line I mean they can go in any number of directions thanks to you know Dave Gettleman rolling that dice and and putting to rest this this whole notion that he doesn't trade down yeah uh next year's draft class looking very strong at edge uh i know that we're not going to need a receiver most likely but receivers also look very good their offensive line looking promising next year's class is looking better from top to bottom than this year's class was so i love the pick and i love the trade and I love that the Bears then cut a starting left tackle to start a rookie who's never played left tackle. Yeah, and who knows what else is going to happen out there in Chicago. Um, if, if they're going to, you know, are they going to roll with Andy Dalton at first and then put the rookie quarterback in? I mean, just so many question marks. But, hey, I know all Giants fans and media, we will be keeping a close eye on what the Bears are doing because that does affect the draft next year. And, and I think it's something that we could potentially get excited about, but let's, let's swing back to the giants draft. I mean, um, second round, they went Aziz Ojulari third round. They went uh cornerback Aaron Robinson. I mean, what do you think of those two picks? I love the Aziz Ojulari pick. Uh, he fell a little bit because there was some concern apparently that came up late about a lower leg injury that he may have or a lower leg condition, uh, something with his ankle, I believe it was. So that's one of the reasons that he fell as far as he did, which lucky for us, because I remember when we were picking 20th and we were on the stream, I was like, Hey, Aziz Ocelari is someone that I wouldn't mind right now. Uh, He's someone who can, you know, he can play in this versatile front that Patrick Graham likes to use. And I think that he could fit in perfectly as a new pass rusher for this team and give some juice to us. 
And then Aaron Robinson, uh, I don't know any of you who are familiar with him, but he is a very physical corner. And uh, I know that a few Giants reporters and fans were tweeting out the videos that I posted from the Senior Bowl. Aaron Robinson going one-on-one with Kadarius Toney at at Mobile Senior Bowl. And Aaron Robinson is someone who, late riser, but super physical corner, great mentality. Uh, I think he's going to primarily be a slot guy, but I like that he's kind of that the Giants went and kind of helped set the tone here with Aaron Robinson. They're letting uh, they're letting opposing offenses know we're going to get in your face. We're going to be pretty physical with you right up front. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. I'm doing a uh, winners and losers piece for Giants Country, and I could see where maybe Aaron Robinson, who's a little bit bigger than Darnay Holmes at, at the slot. So now you've got, you know, Xavier McKinney, who's a little bit taller, and and uh, Aaron Robinson, who who's taller, and now they just got bigger and and more physical at the slot position. Not that you know Darnay Holmes was horrible last year, but. Um, you always look to upgrade as, as they say. And, um, you know, I, I just, I really like what they've done. I really do. I mean, uh, at at first, some of these picks were like, okay, um, are they going to ever address offensive line? You know, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but they really added to the defense, which while good last year, let's, let's make that clear. The defense wasn't horrible last year. Now that defense is really going to be sick. And if they get that pass rush going, especially up front. Oh my gosh. Look out, right? Yeah. Uh, this draft just really made me very excited because they got guys who aren't project players that they're ready to play early on. And that was very exciting for me to just be like, okay, like we're trying to get out there in the NFC East and now. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me, you know, we, I mentioned the offensive line. Were you surprised that the, the Giants didn't draft any offensive linemen? Yeah, I was I was pretty surprised and pretty disappointed if we're being honest. That is the uh that's the one negative for me with this draft class that they did not address offensive line. Um but to me it's also saying like hey, they're confident with the guys they have now. They weren't going to reach on a position that may be a position of need to them. We never really know what this front office and coaching staff are thinking. So it's kind of just like put your faith in them and just trust that the offensive linemen that were available they weren't confident in and that the offense or, or that the offensive lineman that they have now, they are confident in. So I guess it's just kind of trusting in the coaching staff at this point and hoping that they're getting it right. Are you confident in this offensive line? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, why not? not um, Cause I don't know what's going to happen with the right tackle position. I'm assuming Andrew Thomas is saying it left and right tackle is Pert or Solder. And it's like, well, he Solder hasn't played in a year. Pert wasn't great. Uh, right guard is a little bit of a concern for me, whether we're going to go Christian Fulton or Shane Lemieux, maybe. Um, so th- it's just the right side of the line has some question marks for me that I thought we were going to address in the draft. But again, I'm just going to put my faith in this coaching staff and the front office and hope that they made the right call. 
Yeah, I know they they uh, did try to to draft uh, an offensive lineman, but Gettleman, who was just on WFAN um, as we are recording this, said that the value didn't match up. And I think you know a lot of people asked about um, the kid from Tennessee, Trey Smith, I think it was. Yeah. And why didn't they take a gamble on him? And I think there were some medical concerns with with uh, with, with that kid. Um, I don't know. Did he get did he get picked up by a team? I think he did. did the Chiefs pick uh, him up? I can't remember. But um, yeah, but I remember you know fans were like, why, why aren't they taking him? You know, he'd be perfect, and you know, the gentleman just basically said the, the value wasn't there. And I think it's very interesting that the Giants, uh, Joe Judge, really revamped his coaching staff to allow for extra resources to coach up that offensive line. You know, they've got a new primary offensive line coach in Rob Sale who will work with Ben Wilkerson. They've added Pat Flaherty as a consultant, but of course Flaherty worked with that great offensive line from 2007 to 2011. Um, they have uh, Freddie Kitchens. They promoted him to a senior offensive assistant. I believe he has some experience with offensive lines. So they're really putting a lot of resources, I think, towards that offensive line because, look, if that unit doesn't perform, then it doesn't matter who they have in the backfield or who their receivers are or their quarterback. That offense isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, you talk about Trey Smith. He's someone who, for people who don't know he had a uh, blood clots that caused him to miss some time and blood clots are something that it's not like a, it's not like a knee injury or a shoulder or something where you can kind of work on it and work to improve it. Like blood clots are something that they could just sneak up on you at any point. So that's why he fell as far as he did. Um, so while I was also one of the giants fans, I was like, Hey, I'd take a flyer on him here. I'd imagine that just medically he was completely off their board. Uh, so that was unfortunate, but, I mean, hey, I, again, just putting trust in these guys. That's all you can do, right? So <laughs> anyway, we're going to take our final break here when we come back. A few more thoughts on the Giants draft class. So folks, stay with us. With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer? Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com, 
amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Brandon Olson, who is the host of Locked on Gators, and he also follows the New York Giants. As a matter of fact, uh, had I not been able to do this show today, Brandon would have stepped in, but fortunately, the second shot didn't knock me out of action like uh, it did my brother other than for a little fatigue, but I'm doing well. And thank you, everybody who texted me or tweeted me to ask how I was doing. So I'm glad to be able to take this this podcast, which we are taping on a Monday, day after I had my shot. Now I'm 24 hours past the actual jab, and I'm ready to get back to normal as far <laughs> as my life goes. So yay. Uh, Brandon, let's talk uh, a little bit more about the Giants draft. Was there anything else that they did or didn't do that made you say, whoa. Um, Gary Brightwell, the running back that we drafted out of Arizona, he was someone who was a bit of a surprising pick, but from what I've been told, uh, NFL teams were significantly higher on him than media was. So that's one of those things where it's like, all right, like we're getting, I mean, also it's day three. It's hard to have a bad pick on day three. You're kind of just hoping that you can get someone who can contribute and, Gary Brightwell, again, someone that NFL teams are very high on, and obviously they know more than we do. Uh, (laughs) There's a reason they are working in the NFL, and people like me who cover the draft are not. So I'm just going to put my faith there, Gary Brightwell. And Rodarius Williams, the corner out of Oklahoma State, I really like him. So I'm glad that he's a New York Giant now. Uh, He's also the, while he was drafted a couple years later, he's the older brother of Brown's corner, Greedy Williams. So fun little fact there. But Rodarius is, like Aaron Robinson, very physical. But Rodarius has a size to play on the outside consistent consistency. So while he might not be playing early on, I do think that eventually Rodarius Williams could actually work his way into this rotation in the secondary. He's very physical. He's also one of the few corners that has no problem uh, – you know, getting a little mixed up in the run game there, which is something that I like a ton from him. And when he got picked, I was like, oh, okay, like I, I like this pick, like just showing that with the Aaron Robinson pick that we're going to get physical. Rodarius Williams does the same exact thing and sends the same exact message. Yeah, I, I like that pick too. And, you know, it's interesting. We had uh, the good fortune back in the Senior Bowl, during the Senior Bowl week of getting an, uh, an interview with Rodarius Williams. And he has a, a, a pretty, you know, interesting backstory, as does uh, Gary Brightwell. So, um, you know, and, and Gary Brightwell, I have to tell you that <laughs> when he was on the conference call with us, um, he, he, 
what they do is they usually say, okay, we have time for X number, you know, like two more questions. And I guess he was so nervous. He's like, yeah, I got time for more questions. So <laughs> he just, he just was really good with his media session. It was kind of funny to watch that. And, you know, you could just see all the, the rookies and so over the years, just some of the things that they say and all the gaffes that they made because they're, you know, they're nervous. It's the first time they're dealing with the big, bad New York media. It's just, it's actually kind of funny, but um, all right. So, Looking ahead now, which giant players do you think are potentially in trouble now that this draft class has been set and uh, are ready to challenge for jobs? Uh, I don't know if I'd say he's in trouble right now, but uh, you mentioned Kadarius Tony kind of playing that slot role that Sterling Shepard has. I would say that I am a little worried that maybe after this season, we no longer see uh, Sterling Shepard as a New York Giant just because he is getting up there. He struggled a ton with injuries. We know that concussions seem to constantly come back for him. So I'm I'm a little worried for Sterling Shepard there, although I do love him. I do think that Kadarius Tony just has a much higher ceiling than Sterling Shepard at this point. And I think right now the talent level isn't even that far off. Um, So that, that's probably one of my biggest things there and then pretty much honestly anyone that's a pass rusher because I also really like Ellerson Smith. So Aziz Ojolari and Ellerson Smith coming in are going to be guys who Aziz, high ceiling, high floor. Ellerson Smith maybe doesn't have a super high ceiling, but I think right now he's able to step in and contribute immediately some meaningful pass rush snaps. And he's a pretty sound run stopper. So it's a very promising young pass rushing group that we just brought in. Uh, you mentioned before Darnay Holmes is, he wasn't bad last year, but drafting Aaron Robinson kind of means like, Hey, you were bad enough where we're considering replacing you already because Aaron Robinson and Darnay Holmes likely won't be playing on the outside much in the NFL. So a little worrisome there for Darnay Holmes, but again, the giants clearly just had a board and they took the best player on that board. And Aaron Robinson was the guy there. If it comes down to it, I think he's very capable of beating Darnay Holmes. Uh, if it came down to a battle for that slot corner spot, which I loved Darnay last year. I love Aaron Robinson this year. I just think that Aaron Robinson's physicality is and his mindset in general is really going to impress this coaching staff. And I, yeah, I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, and I'll also add a couple of other guys who I think are going to be in trouble with as far as a roster spot goes. Sam Beal, who is supposed to be returning from uh, after opting out last year and who's only played, what, half a season in three years. Um, and I wonder if Isaac Yadam, who the Giants traded for at the end of uh, summer last year, if maybe he is in trouble now, especially with the addition of, um, you know, Rodarius Williams. And I mean, Rodarius Williams – he's probably going to be more of a special teams type of guy, I would think initially, but you, you sit there and you wonder, okay, is the bottom of that depth chart going to get, get uh, shaken up a little bit? Yeah. I think one thing that the giants really excelled at with this draft was even where they didn't get top guys like Gary Brightwell and Rodarius Williams, and even Ellerson Smith right now where they didn't get top guys, they helped their depth a ton and it's no, because uh, of course you're only as good as your weakest link and the Giants did everything they could to make sure that their weakest link was just that much stronger with this draft. So that's one of the reasons that I really love it. 
And yet challenging this, this whole secondary, really, or at least the corner room with this draft now, everyone's kind of been put on notice a bit where everything's up for grab. Of course, not James Bradbury, but everybody else is like, well, positions are up for grabs. Uh, Rodarius, Aaron Robinson, fantastic players. And like I said, I love their physicality. And I think that this coaching staff is really just going to try to punch receivers in the mouth right away. Yeah, and I would say the only other position where I'm a little shaky, a little uncertain about besides offensive line is running back. Now, we heard that Saquon Barkley is on target uh, to return for the start of the season, but I don't know if Saquon Barkley is going to be ready as of day one to take a full workload. I think you're going to see Devonta Booker take on a lot of third down back type of duties, but the other, you know, concern is did Saquon Barkley lose any explosiveness? And really, you know, they still don't have a whole lot of experience depth behind Booker and Barkley to where, if God forbid, one of those guys can't go. Now, what do they do? Yeah, that that's that's a huge concern as well. Like because you mentioned now, what are they going to do if there's injury? It's a like Gary Brightwell rookie Kadarius Tony if he wants to play some snaps there he'll never be a full-time guy but if he wanted to play some snaps there just to make it a little easier uh rookie also um and, and there's just not a ton of depth here it's definitely concerning I thought that we were going to running back a little bit earlier with the Ellison Smith pick is where I thought we'd go running back um and if we if we didn't go there I thought we'd maybe double dip there later on uh so it's definitely interesting because it's like yeah, there, there's not depth really here. Uh, there's not experience really here. And like you said, if Saquon can't go at any point, it's a huge cause for concern. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I mean, and what I don't want to see is I don't want to see Daniel Jones leading the team and rushing again. I mean, I look, I, call me old-fashioned, but I don't like it when the quarterback ends up as the team's leading rusher. That scares me. Yeah, I mean, you could even say, like, that's not even necessarily old-fashioned. I would say you could say new school. You still want the running back ca- taking the main totes there because, especially in the NFL college, you can get away with some of the option stuff. But in the NFL, you need to be able to throw the ball. <laughs> and if your quarterback's leading your team in rushing, odds are that your whole offense is lagging behind because you don't have a legitimate running attack. Yeah, that's true. But uh, listen, it's going to be a very, very interesting summer training camp. I can't wait to see what Joe Judge does with this group. Um, I look at it as a, a, a big unmolded lump of clay that once the coaches get their hands on these guys, bring them in and are you know able to start working with them and find out what they do best and what they don't. It's going to be it's it, it's going to come together. And I think you know I feel pretty good about the Giants. Um, potentially making the playoffs this year and not having to rely on others to help them. But, um, you know, that's just, I guess, post-draft euphoria or optimism, whatever you want to call it. They still got to get out there and play the game. Yeah. I mean, like you though, I am very optimistic. I'll say about these giants. Uh, it's weird because yeah, this is one of the few draft classes where I've been like, I, I love this draft and, I, I love what they've been doing and I love how they've attacked this off season with just like everybody that they brought in. So it's weird, but I do think that especially right now with a pretty weak NFC East that we could be seeing the giants near the top of it. 
fingers crossed because I'm getting tired of reporting <laughs> losses <laughs> after every week. But all right, Brandon, before we sign off, let everybody know what you got going on over at the Locked On Gators podcast. Um, I am working to try to get at least one of the recent uh, Gators draft picks on as a guest there. Uh, we're covering the draft now, finally winding that down. I love the draft. It, draft week just exhausts me. Um, and now, yeah, we're getting into basketball, baseball. We're getting everywhere here just every single day. Wow. You're, you're keeping busy then. That's great. Yeah, it, it, it's something. <laughs> I'm still relatively new to it. So the daily podcasting is something, but it's I'm having a blast with it. All right. Well, good luck to you on that. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on with me. And uh, hopefully we can have you on again, uh, maybe during the season or during training camp before that, you know, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right, Giant fans, that'll do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Make sure you keep it here all week long. We're going to have Emery Hunt up next. He will be on tomorrow's show, breaking down the Giants draft with his expert take. So make sure you tune in for that. For Brandon Olson, I'm Patricia Traina. Thanks for listening. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.